0: Good morning everybody, you're tuning to the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Thursday, July 6th, and I'm your host, Mariana Schwitz, reporting for CJRU, 1280 a.m. in Toronto. And here are our top stories from today. Hockey Canada announces Catherine Henderson as new president and CEO. World registered the hottest days ever recorded on Monday and Tuesday. In Israel, at least nine people have been injured in a stabbing in Tel Aviv. And then we'll hear from Justina with her segment on goodness. With all this news, let's get started. Hockey Canada announced this Tuesday Catherine Henderson as its new president and CEO, prompting major sponsor to immediately reinstate the financial support it had pulled from the organization amid a sexual assault scandal last year. According to the Globe and Mail, Henderson was the president and CEO of Curling Canada for the past seven years. She has extensive experience in high performance sports, including as the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Revenue for the Toronto twenty fifteen Pan Parapan American Games Organizing Committee. She also served as a decade on the board of Rugby Canada. Hug Fraser, the chair of Hockey Canada's Board of Directors, said this about Henderson. She has the track record and experience to lead the ongoing transformation of Hockey Canada. With her at the helm, we are confident that we will continue to take the steps necessary to ensure hockey is a safe and inclusive sport and that Hockey Canada benefits from best-in-class governance. On Tuesday, Bauer Hockey cheered Henderson's appointment and announced it would restore its Hockey Canada partnership. Last October, news broke that the organization had greenlit a multi-million dollar settlement with a woman who alleged... She had been sexually assaulted by a number of players on Canada's World Junior Team in 2018. Because of that, the CEO and Board of Hockey Canada resigned en masse, according to the Globe and Mail. Police in London reopened an investigation into the incident last July. The Globe and Mail reported that Hockey Canada's little-known national equity fund, including players' fees collected from families around the country, had been used to pay for uninsured liabilities, including sexual abuse claims. In the aftermath of the disclosures, a flood of major sponsors suspended their pla- partnerships with Hockey Canada, including Bank of Nova Scotia, Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons, TELUS and Esso, representing a multi-million dollar hit to the organization's budget. And the government condemned the organization for the way it dealt with the crisis. After an appearance before a parliamentary committee in which the interim board chair suggested Hockey Canada was a victim of unduly cynical attacks Pascal Saint-Ange, the federal sports minister, said she hoped the leadership would leave before they burn it to the ground, adding that the organization, quotes, needs to be rebuilt. Hockey Canada has not made Henderson available for an interview, according to the Globe and Mail report, but she will begin her role on September the 4th. This Monday had set the record for hottest day ever recorded. Yesterday, the record was already broken. As the Canadian press reports, the globe's average temperature reached 62.9 degrees Fahrenheit or 17.18 degrees Celsius yesterday. This is according to the University of Maine's Climate Reanalyzer, a common tool based on satellite data and computer simulations and used by climate scientists. On Monday, the average temperature was 62.6 degrees Fahrenheit, 17.1 degrees Celsius, breaking a record that only lasted for 24 hours. This Wednesday, today, may bring another unofficial record, with the climate reanalyzer again forecasting record or near-record heat. Antarctica's average forecast for Wednesday is 4.5 degrees Celsius warmer than the 1979 to 2000 average. As heatwave sizzles around the world, the average global temperature reached over 17 Celsius degrees, surpassing the August 2016 record of 16.92 Celsius degrees. According to routers, the southern U.S. has been suffering under an intense heat dome in recent weeks. In China, an enduring heat wave continued with temperatures above 35 Celsius. In North Africa, it has seen temperatures near 50 Celsius. Climate scientist Friedrich Otto of the Grantham Institute for Climate Change and the Environment at Imperial College London said, This is not a milestone we should be celebrating. It's a death sentence for people and ecosystems. Still, according to routers, scientists say to expect more records to fall as climate change and an emerging El Niño partner will make temperatures rise. And in international news, at least nine people have been injured in a car ramming and stabbing attack in Tel Aviv. According to The Guardian, this attack comes a day after Israel launched a large-scale military operation in the West Bank city of Jenin. A police spokesperson has said the attacker was a Palestinian resident who occupied the West Bank, who was shot and killed at the scene by a passerby. The attack came as Re-Israel's top policemen warned of the risk of further incidents as the military operation in the West Bank continued. Hamas later claimed the 20-year-old was a member of the militant Islamist group and was retaliating for the Israeli assault on Janine, said the Guardian's report. The assailant drove a pickup truck into pedestrians close to a bus stop on the coastal city's busiest Pinchon Rosen Street before leaving his vehicle to stab one of the victims in the neck. In CCTV footage of the attack, a figure in dark clothes can be seen running from where the car has stopped, straddling a bike lane, running among the seating of a pavement cafe where he tries to stab a man attempting to tackle him. As he flees, he can be seen being intercepted by a motorcyclist who shoots him. Later, the unidentified man described what happened in quotes reported in the Israeli media he said. After he crashed into the stop, he climbed out and stabbed someone. I thought maybe it was a bad case of road rage, but then he left that person and started chasing others. I pulled out my gun and closed in on him. He's tall and intimidating man. I told myself he could kill 10 people, if not more. Everything happened quickly. The wounded were transported to hospitals in Tel Aviv and cities nearby. Three of the injured are being treated for multiple injuries and one is being operated on the chest for injuries. Well, That was it for me today, and I'll leave you with Justina for some good news.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to this week's Good News segment. My name is Justina, and each week I'm going to be sharing a piece of uplifting news to add some positivity to your week. As wildfires continue to rage across eastern and western Canada, many have been left with grim news as thousands of Canadians evacuate their homes. Many more have faced poor air quality, which has most dramatically been seen by the orange, murky landscapes in New York City. However, in a more optimistic light, I'd like to share some good news about how advances in firefighting technology are helping to improve how wildfires are detected and stopped. According to a recent article published by the Good News Network, a new firefighting drone in Portugal is currently being tested to contain wildfires faster before they become megafires. This research comes from one of Europe's technical centers for firefighting research. The nimble drone being developed can carry a fire hose. On either side, it will have a pair of symmetrical jets to keep the craft steady and balanced as it hovers above the flames. The device, made primarily of carbon fiber, is controlled by a drone operator from behind a fire truck. The drone can swoop in and out of places on mountainsides and areas where bulky automobiles and fire professionals can't get. Although it's limited in range due to the length of its hoses, it is designed to be user-friendly and as light as possible. The device took four years to manufacture at the University of Crombra's Forest Fire Research Laboratory. This type of drone could be critical in combating small fires before they become large blazes. It is also ideal for fires that are too dangerous to approach. The firefighting drone won't replace conventional firefighting equipment, such as manned helicopters or water bomber aircrafts. It's still at its early stage and has only been used on a test fire. As more droughts and heat waves leave forests around the world vulnerable to uncontrolled fires, the need for technology is growing. According to the BBC, thermal vision cameras that attach to headgear help firefighters see through smokes and flames. Artificial intelligence is also becoming an important tool for firefighters in scanning forest reserves and creating a picture of wind conditions. Experts are already working on ways to combine satellite data on vegetation conditions and drone observations to model how fires will progress and evolve in real time. The future of firefighting is evolving as wildfires grow larger and unpredictably in a changing climate. High-tech solutions like drones, robots, and satellites represent a positive impact experts are making in managing wildfire seasons, eliminating the risk for firefighters and keeping communities safe. The best defense is always to prevent megafires from happening in the first place. But as technology becomes more sophisticated, it offers opportunities for firefighters to get the upper hand in controlling these dangerous blazes. Well, that's all the good news I have for today. I'm Justina reporting for CJRU 1280 a.m. in Toronto.
0: With this, let's wrap up our news for this morning. Thank you so much for tuning and listening. I will be back next week with some more news and morning mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow for more. It's CJRU, 1280 a.m. in Toronto. I'm Mariana Schuetzit. Thanks for listening.